Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 19th of August. One of the men convicted over the Bali bombings has been granted an early release from jail just weeks before the 20th anniversary of the disaster. Umar Patek helped make the bombs in the 2002 terror attacks that killed more than 200 people, including 88 Australians. He's set to walk free from an Indonesian prison within days after serving just half of a 20-year sentence because authorities argue Patek has been de-radicalised. Back home now and fears are growing. Victoria's health system is on the verge of collapse as patients are forced to wait in tents and halls for treatment. Marquees have been set up outside a number of hospitals across the state, including Box Hill, where stroke, cancer and other high-priority patients are reportedly being housed. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says the system is struggling to cope as the COVID-19 pandemic continues. This winter has been a winter like no other. Now, winters are never easy in our health system, never. But when you've got COVID, as well as things like RSV and flu, noting that we haven't had flu to this sort of this scale for a couple of years now. Residents across four states are being warned to brace for torrential rain, strong winds and freezing temperatures as a triple whammy of severe weather is set to sweep across Australia's south and east. A number of weather warnings have been issued, with parts of Victoria, New South Wales, South Australia and Tasmania some of the worst affected areas, as three consecutive cold fronts charge in from the Great Australian Bight. Here's Jonathan Howe from the Bureau of Meteorology. It's still associated with very strong winds with the cold front, and behind it, some very cold air moving up from the Southern Ocean. And with those winds, a number of severe weather warnings are current for parts of Victoria, New South Wales and the ACT for damaging winds of more than 90 kilometres an hour. After weeks of tense negotiations, a decision on where the NRL Grand Final will be held has finally been made. Here's Amy Goggins with the details. Well, Tash, the winner is Sydney. Rugby league boss Peter Volandi is announcing the decider will be played at a core stadium on Sunday, October 2nd but not before having a bit of a laugh at the beginning of his press conference yesterday. Take a listen. So we wanted to give it to a city that needs a major football event. And that's why we've gone with Melbourne. Just kidding. As you mentioned, it follows months of negotiations between the league and New South Wales government, with Sydney eventually winning the battle over Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. The drama first erupted over funding upgrades to suburban Sydney grounds, with Peter Volandis accusing the New South Wales Premier of going back on a handshake deal, Dominic Perrottet saying the funds would be used to prioritise the state's flood relief package. This new deal is only for one year, though, and states would then need to bid for the event, kind of like America's super. Super Bowl negotiations. And Harsh, if you think your team will be there come October, tickets for the GF go on sale in the coming days. Meantime, the race is on for more regional towns in Victoria to be involved in the 2026 Commonwealth Games. Only four regional locations have secured events, but the opposition says more should be involved. 
Our reporter, Lee Giolo, has the details from regional Victoria. Yeah, good morning. We know Bendigo, Gippsland, Ballarat and Geelong will feature in the Games, sparking concerns from those having missed out so far. Now the Victorian opposition is promising to push for a few extra cities in the northeast to get some Com Games action if he's elected in November. Liberal leader Matthew Guy reckons the likes of Wodonga and Wangaratta are just as worthy of hosting sports in 2026 as the hubs. He says a population of 40,000 is a large regional centre, so there should be scope for something in Wodonga in particular. Shepparton's another large regional city that's missed out so far, despite being one of the first places to advocate for the Games coming to the state. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Happy Friday. This is a great way to start Friday with some good news. Our unemployment levels are at record lows. Tash, good morning. It is good to have some great news, isn't it? 3.4% unemployment, down from 35 I've got to say, uh, just a remarkable number. It was unimaginable that Australia would have an unemployment rate below 4%. Uh, so just a really, really good result. A little bit of a, a fly in the ointment. The, the decline did come because some people simply stopped looking for work. So it's not necessarily as great, the change itself, as it might have been. But man, 34 3.5% is just un- unquestioned good news and a great way to be kind of going into what's going to be a tougher time for the economy. Yeah, it's good news on unemployment, but of course we're living with the rising cost of living and also inflationary concerns. And gosh, he's a bombshell. I can't deal with this. The cost of red wine is set to also go up. <laughs> oh, mate, seriously. So there's inflation, there's inflation, exactly. right? They know how to kick us when, when we're down. Our, our last our last vice, our last comfort, red wine, Penfolds maker Treasury Wine Estates has announced they're going to be putting the price up. Now, I don't know about you, I haven't bought a bottle of Grange recently. Oh, no. That's going up to $1,000 a bottle, if what? you can believe that. But they are putting prices up across the board. And again, this is kind of obviously it's a red wine story, which is the most important bit. But for the company, it's really a story of what corporate Australia is going through, absorbing mm-hmm. costs and then trying to pass some of it on. $50 million worth of cost increases. Uh, Treasury has had to face in the last 12 months. They're expecting $62 million more in the next 12 months. Now, again, no one's crying poor for them. They're putting the price of wine up. But it is just a reminder of kind of what's going on through the rest of the economy. And it's a story of why we're seeing this price inflation. Unfortunately, us red wine drinkers, we're going to have to do our bit. Chipping a little bit extra for a tipple over the weekend. Yeah, but good point. The rising cost of overheads for so many businesses right now, very, very hard to cope with. And in some more good news for this Friday, Scott, the government set to announce new rules that should boost the take-up of electric vehicles. Yeah, this is fascinating too. This is a, basically a resurrection of the Bill Shorten plan that, of course, uh, former PM Scott Morrison said would end the weekend in some classic Morrison hyperbole. And, uh, and so the, the government basically saying, look, we actually think the mood is right for this to happen. They're trying to boost the number and the uptake of cheaper electric vehicles. Uh, we have eight in Australia under 60 grand. Apparently there's about 25 or 26 in the UK by way of comparison. They're looking to increase or introduce, I should say, tougher emission standards, which would make manufacturers basically put in more either hybrids or electric vehicles or something else, bringing down the average emissions per manufacturer. And that should hopefully increase the uptake. Of course, we need to work on things like infrastructure, charging networks, all that kind of stuff. But 10% of the country's emissions are from cars on the road. Hopefully, these changes will help us get that down. Yeah, let's hope so. You have a great weekend. Thanks so much, Scott. And you. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett to the NRL. And what a 
cracker of a game last night between the Panthers and Rabbitohs. Yes, good morning, Tasha. As you mentioned earlier, this year's grand final will be in Sydney. Penrith and South Sydney played off at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane last year. And as you said, they're two of the form teams at the moment. And they certainly played like it. Penrith sewing up its second minor premiership in three years with a cracking 26-22 win. They trailed 22-20 uh, to 20 late before a penalty to Latrell Mitchell. And then a try to Liam Martin, the star back rower, had butchered two golden opportunities but uh, landed the knockout blow with a late try. Coach Ivan Cleary says he never dropped his head. He probably wouldn't have thought too much about the other two, I reckon. Keep playing. That's what he does, you know. He's uh, another 80 minutes tonight. Like, he was a constant threat every time we got the ball. Reward for perseverance, yeah. Got a blockbuster tonight as well. The Broncos in the Storm doing battle at Suncorp Stadium. The Broncos have lost their last 11 to Melbourne Storm. In the early game, it's the Cowboys v the Warriors. And to the AFL now, the final round of Snakes and Ladders begins tonight in Brisbane. It certainly does. Brisbane and Melbourne could slide as low as sixth with a loss or climb as high as second with a win. The double chance all important leading into September. Uh, former AFL star Lee Montagna says the Lions are a different team at home. Brisbane at the Gabba, Friday night, crowd going off its head. I can just picture Charlie Cameron. They'll be running mad. They'll be going mad. They'll be too good for Melbourne. So the Broncos and Lions both in action in final shaping clashes tonight in Brisbane. No change for the Lions. Marcus Adams, Calamar Chi have both failed to overcome concussion tests. The Dees have promoted James Harms from Medi-Sub to the starting 22, so perhaps he will be sent to tag Lockie Neal once again. Now, Alistair Clarkson looms large this weekend, and he's embarrassed about the speculation over his future, and he feels for Bombers coach Ben Rutten and Kangaroos caretaker coach Lee Adams. The super coach says he'll try and make a decision this weekend. I'll endeavour to do whatever I can in the next, next 24 hours to try and put this circus to bed, really. Um, it's a little bit embarrassing, the, all, the, all the scrutiny. And Rutten will lead the Bombers against the Tigers tomorrow night despite his club's attempts to replace him and wrapping up with some surfing and Aussie Jack Robinson remains in striking distance of snaring the leader's yellow jersey after winning his opening heat at the Tahiti Pro. The West Aussie is enjoying a breakout season. He's won back-to-back events at Margaret River and in Indonesia and finished runner-up at J-Bay. We haven't won a men's title tash since Mick Fanning back in 2013. Best of luck to everyone, especially a big weekend in sport. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Tash. And finally this morning, it doesn't seem Scott Morrison is too concerned about the recent portfolio controversy, deciding to join in on the memes about his five secret ministry appointments during his time in the top job. The former Prime Minister taking to Facebook last night, creating his own meme by photoshopping himself in as a member of the Sushi Mango Comedy Group. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. We'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.